largest all-sports radio station presents the number one motorsport show for over two decades, Track Talk. Brought to you by Broad In Supply and the Power Ride Midwest Lightning Sprints. Here are the racing boys, Scott Trailer and Kirk Elliott. Good morning, race fans. Welcome to Track Talk here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Todd Surprise running the show. Beckett working back there at uh, Sports Radio 810, working for us back there. And uh, my partner, Kirk Elliott, for the last 24 years. How you doing, Kirk? You doing all right? Yeah, I'm doing fantastic. Uh, better than a lot of people. So, uh, you know, we're thinking of a lot of folks that aren't doing so well, but. Right, and I'm, and, I'm and, and, and let's just let's just start off by saying that our our good friend, our compadre that used to sit in the studio with us every week, Lloyd Collins, his is is got cancer, and it's um, it's the saddest thing, man, to me. Yeah, just so you know. I love Lloyd Collins like a brother, and he means so much to me, just like Todd does, just like Todd does to us. And I'm just, I'm just sick over it. I'm with you, brother. I'm, I'm just sick yeah, over it. I'm, I feel the same way, Lloyd. We're thinking about you if you're tuned in. God bless you, my man. You're, uh, you're. You're among the best friends both Scott and I have ever had. There's no doubt about it. And uh, we're thinking about you, and hang in there, and you know we're there for And, you know, the one thing about Lloyd Collins is he's got a lot of friends out there. And uh, I'm not surprised by the reaction after Lloyd put his uh, Facebook post up there the other day. And, Lloyd, you got a lot of support out there, and we're thinking about you, bud. And hang in there, and you know you have a lot of support out there, and we're going to help pull pull you through. That's that's where we're here for. That's you, what friends are all about. You, you know, like I told Lloyd, my mom had ovarian cancer for five years, and she lived for five years. And hopefully we'll be able to get that much time out of, of, of Lloyd. I, I just hope that. And Todd, you are the testament of hope. You know what this is all about, and uh, you, uh, you're, you, you know better than anybody that uh, you can beat this thing, can't you? That's right. It's just day by day. Yeah. When you've dealt with this, you it's. If you've dealt with it yourself, I mean, when you've dealt with your family member is one thing but when you personally dealt with it you've kind of become at ease with everything it kind of happens no matter one way or the other and it's just harder on the people around you yeah more than it is yourself people tend to uh, you know want to feel bad for you and stuff but you it's just one of those things where you kind of already you've dealt with this you've done it lloyd dealt with this a long time ago he's dealing with it again he's just going to deal with it for a second time that's all that's just what happens sometimes and uh He's got a few more years to deal with this and he'll be, he'll be all right. Like you said, it's, it's not one of those things where you don't, you don't know what to do. He already has a mindset of knowing where he is. He's going to fight it for sure. He's He's fought it and beat it before. Right. Yeah. 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 So Lloyd, we're thinking about you. That's all we want to say. uh, You know, you got a lot of friends out there and we're here. 
for you. And the other person I'm thinking about is your lady, Deidre. She's been going through a pretty tough time. How's she doing? She's hanging in there. She's, uh... You were not with us last week, and but she's she's home, and uh, she's uh, she's recovering. She had a surgery under her ear where they took a little mass out from her ear, and it's non-cancerous, by the way. That's just, great we just news. found we just found that out yesterday, and um, anyway, she uh, she's just been leaking like crazy we've we've had to put bandages on her every 30 minutes to redo the bandages on her so she's uh she's doing well up there well she's uh, on the mend so best wishes to her and the other person we're thinking about is you guys weren't here last weekend we had ryan raglan in here to uh run help us run the show and get us on right. the air and this was the morning after his father passed away uh, this past week, and Big John, Ryan's father. We can't thank him enough for coming in. Oh, man. Uh, Ryan, if you're tuned in, we're thinking about you and your family. It's been a tough week for you, uh, but uh, really appreciate all you do for us and uh, the Ragland family and uh, all of the folks over there in Kansas uh, thinking about uh, thinking about them as well. I just can't get over Lloyd. Yeah. It, it's just so hard for me to do because Lloyd, how many years was Lloyd on the air with us? Uh, Two or three years? More three like four? four or five years. Something, or three or four years. He's, I don't know. He sat right there across from me. A lot of years. And, and, yeah. and let me tell you, Lloyd and I don't see eye to eye on a lot of things, but... Lloyd and I are like brothers, and whenever, whenever we would talk to Lloyd, Lloyd would always be the guy that I would argue with, right? More so than you. And he enjoyed it. Just as much. He, he enjoyed it a lot. He might have enjoyed it more than you. Hey. Maybe we need to get, maybe we need to get him up here and get him on the show. That's going to continue, right? You're you're still going to have that. So, but uh, yeah, Lloyd is always fun to talk to, and never met a stranger, Lloyd Collins, and uh, a great racing fan, and love talking racing with him, and uh, we'll continue to do that, and we talk other things too. So, uh, Scott, I echo your sentiments this morning. We uh, we both feel very close to Lloyd Collins, and he's the merman. And uh, just like we do with Todd, yeah. Todd and, Todd's like a brother to us as yeah, well. He is. Just so so uh, we're all family here, and we all need each other to pull us through life. And this is one of those times where you got to lean on each other to pull us all through. Yeah, no doubt. Make, make it on and move on. Scott, and, and whatever we can do, Lloyd, if you're listening right now, just let you know that whatever we need to do, whatever Kirk and I need to do to help you, we will be there for you. I know you don't live close by anymore, but whatever you need, if you need us, we will be there for you. The other thing we're thinking about, Scott, is the victims of that terrible shooting at the Chiefs Parade, and you and Deidre were 
pretty close by that happened. Well, we were. We were very close by it. And uh, to be honest with you, we just left that area. We just left the area. You decided to leave early. Well, the, the, the parade was already over. And we decided to take off walking. And as soon as we took off walking, the shooting started to happen. And you saw most of the it, – it happened just right at the end of the program. Right, yeah. And you decided, let's start beating some of this crowd out of here. We can hear the rest of it on the way out. And No, we, we watched the complete celebration. And it happened right after the end of that. Right at the end of it, yeah. And you no decided doubt. to head out. And what are you thinking? If you'd have stayed around that same area, you might have got caught up in this? Or how close – I mean, really, how close were you? Well, close enough that um, we saw people running. We saw wow. people running, for sure. Wow. It was a scary deal down there. To be honest with you, I, I don't know how anybody, I don't know how anybody could ever shoot a kid. Yeah, I don't think it's, uh, it's it was crazy. more. I, I don't think the deal about this. Did you was notice a lot of people got shot in the leg? Yeah, did you notice that, were, Todd? Well, it's because they weren't shooting at anybody in particular. These, this is what we've come to find out. Unlike other mass shootings, this wasn't someone going there to kill a bunch of people. These were two guys right, just that, mugging it out, mugged each other up. They got mad. They'd been drinking all day. One pulled a gun out. He starts shooting. The other guy pulls a gun out. Starts shooting back, and that's well. And, that's and, where and I think up. there's more shooters that they're looking well, for. Well, they think right? they know of a third for sure, but they haven't. You know, but like you said, they filed charges against two of them. Yeah, right. Yeah, and yeah. the two juveniles were were not part. The juvenile that they arrested wasn't even part of that either. That was part of. Mays so, was one of the guys. So named, that's right? that's what this whole thing, which you know, this that's what makes this completely different than. Other type thing. This this wasn't somebody going there with the intentions of doing something. It started over an argument. Yeah, well, right. me, somebody right. was me mugging somebody. Hey, hey, hey and listen, that's, that's let, let me just let me just say this about what happened down there at that that parade. There was a time when Deidre and I were were right next to each other, and we got separated because the the crowd was moving. And, and listen. When you were in that crowd, you couldn't even move. You couldn't even take a step forward or a step back. Yeah, this was more like the... and and it was so crowded down there that they need to they need to do it a, a little bit different well, next year. Next year will not be anybody's celebration from here on out. No matter what city, state, will be completely different. I'm just going to let you know that right now. That's what happens in times of tragedy. They, they said they're still going to have the St. Paddy's Day parade. Yep. Right. Yeah, but you know there ain't a big giant gathering at the end either, though. It's more of a continuous type of there thing. There was a million people down there. And see, here's what people don't realize. This was more like the royal celebration, whereas when it's warm outside, guys, you tend to bring out way more people. Yep. And that just happened to be a very nice day. Beautiful day. Last year when the Royal Chiefs won, it was chilly. It was there. so cold the that, last year. That keeps a lot of the element. Yeah out it's and it be, took a couple of great a idiots yeah. to ruin the day for everybody and that's what right. we're looking at that's what i'm saying it's it's a different type of thing and that's why i chalk it up to 
just idiots and not someone coming out there with bad intentions on doing anything with and that's why you saw people getting they kids were just mugging shot. each other yeah they yeah. they wasn't trying to shoot these kids these guys were right. just shooting and running some of those people uh were in weren't they injured because they got trampled or? Yeah, well yeah they had a lot of yeah. that's what a lot of the injuries the release hey ones but were. you know what's what was really good those Samaritans well, that tackled the guy that was the shooter in Kansas they, City. They tackled the guy, as in with two most guys cities. did. Yeah, yeah. You have a lot of people that um, stepped up, and a lot of the Chiefs players stepped up and took care of some kids that were separated from their parents. And right, you know, so Andy Reid did as well. He shielded a couple kids and got them back in the back. One of the players gave a kid. His WWE championship belt to hold on to and tell him, look, you're the champ. Nothing's going to happen to you until they found this guy's dad. So there's a lot of really good stories. Right. And uh, like you said, it's sad that that's how it ended. And we'll ever be marked as the team that had the shooting after the Super Bowl parade. But, man, um, what a what, what a celebration, though. That, that shot from above was amazing. When they came in, when they shot with the helicopter from above, and they showed that photo with all that red all the way up that hill. It was pretty, that was pretty amazing. And it, everything was going just perfect until it was, yeah, the well, program it was, over. It was like just a, completed. Was Everybody over. was going to start to head out. Well, they we were made the, it through the whole thing, but right there at the end. Well, that's what out. happened. Hey, Kirk, time. Lloyd made a comment on there. Do you want to read it? Uh, I can, if I can pull it up here. I'm going to get to his, uh, Facebook page here. Before we get to that, uh, just uh, just kind of wanted to touch on, uh, I have it. Okay, here it is. Uh, I'm listening and love you all just as much. Everything, every word has been taken to heart. Myself, I'm so overwhelmed beyond belief of the outpouring of support from everyone for that. I am so blessed beyond what I feel I deserve. Thank you to everyone. Much love. God bless. That's Lloyd's message. Great, great message from Lloyd Collins. Yep, no doubt We're about it. about you, Lloyd. And uh, Lloyd, that, hey, hey, great hey, words. hey, Lloyd, if you want to come up and be on the show, feel free to come up here and we'll put you up in a motel room. And uh, we would love to have you on the show again. One more time, bud. Just He's one. a great storyteller. He, he he's a great storyteller, yep. and he's got a lot of stories along the way. Yes, and he's been a he's been kind of a junior official over there at uh, MLRA for a long time, hadn't he? A junior official? I, I said junior <laughs> official. I, yeah, I, I always say that to him. He, he's one of the uh, big officials down there. So uh, and a great a great photographer, Lloyd Collins. Yeah, no doubt. So, um, what'd you think of the Daytona Five Hundred? Monday night they had it. Um, William Byron, the winner. What did you think of it, Kurt? Did it? I, I thought it was a good race. It felt uh, like it ended early. Yeah, it. Uh, <laughs> of course, when a yellow flag comes out, right as they take the white flag, you feel like, oh, you know, my, nobody likes to see a race end like that. My wife was was watching, but it did. and she said, "But it was a crash fest." Hey, 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 Kirk, did I call it? They had the big one right there at the end of the race, they had right? The end one. But they didn't have all that many yellow flags during the race. No, it, it, it really was a pretty yeah. calm race it all was. the way through the end. But right at the end, they had the big one. Yeah, they had I one think the- they, had, they had the stage breaks, and then they had 
one other incident. The beginning and of the race. And then the big one towards the end, yeah. and that was it, which is a lot better to watch than that truck race on Friday night. Absolutely. Hey, it was do, absolutely do, horrible. Do you know who I was pulling for? Uh-huh. I was pulling for the Spire Sports, Corey LaJoy. Yeah. I was pulling for you him to win that race. Finish fourth? And, and I, I, I text the, the owner of, of, of Spire Sports, co-owner, TJ Pusher, and I said, man, great race. He said, I sure wanted to win that one. <laughs> and they had won a race at Daytona, the summer race, when Justin right. Haley won. Remember that? Right. Uh, so it, you know, when you get down to the end like that, it's whoever's out in front or starting, restarting on the, uh, front row and a late restart that's really got a chance of winning that. William Byron just happened to be in the right place, the right I, I, I was kind of pulling for, uh, Christopher Bell and Corey LaJoy. Either one of those guys, if they would have won that race, that would have been great for me, especially for my guys down at Spire Sports and Entertainment. And nobody had really thought about William Byron being a winner of this race because he'd had such poor finishes over the nobody last Nobody even five really years. picked Chevrolet to win, did no. they? Uh-uh. they? They were thinking Toyotas. Ford had the fastest car in qualifying with Joey Logano on the pole. And I think if you were going to pick a guy that most people thought would be the favorite to win, it would be Joey Logano. He led the most laps in the race, sat on the pole, had the strongest car, but he got caught up in a bad wreck and that's what happens to these super speedway races you get caught up in a bad wreck takes you out of it so he ended up running 32nd yeah Mm -hmm. uh but started on the pole ended up running 32nd and the reason no one was thinking about william byron being a winner of course he won six races last year and had a chance to win the championship yeah uh the reason no one was thinking about william byron at daytona he'd won a summer race a few years ago uh, but in the Daytona 500, William Byron's best finish was like 23rd in the last four or five years. He'd had bad finishes, got caught up in wrecks of himself, so he'd never really had a top finish at Daytona until and, and, and what a great night. And what a great story on top of it, because this is the 40th anniversary of Rick Hendrick winning his first race, right? Yeah. With Jeff Bodine. 40 yep. years later. And his cars come home one two. And it was Hendrick. good to see Alex Bowman get a good finish after the season that he had last year. He got injured in that sprint car wreck at thirty four raceway last year and it really ruined his whole season. Really wasn't competitive a lot of the season for him to get healed up and come out of the gate with a strong finish, feel good about Alex Bowman. You know, uh, a- getting a good finish. AJ Allmendinger had a really good run as well. He did, and he's not driving the full cup series this year. He, he started Almondinger's going to be full time Xfinity. He started twenty eighth, and he ran sixth. Yeah, how about that? Yeah, that, that was that tells you that, that it doesn't matter where you start in the field. Doesn't matter where you, you can start. always work your way to the front. Yeah, right. So it's off to Atlanta this weekend. They'll have the Cup Series race tomorrow. We've got the trucks and Xfinity races today, and I'm going to be watching this truck race. We'll see if they can do a little better than they better. did at Daytona. They got to do better. They got to do better than the, the the final race of the season at Phoenix was horrible, and the season opener at Daytona. Can they get it together at Atlanta? Another kind of a mini super speedway race, bunched up trucks will be the rule of the day. Hey, hey Kurt, I don't have a lot of hope that uh, things Kurt. will be a whole lot better today, but we'll see. 
What do you think about the truck series going away? Well, I I, I, I think that what NASCAR needs to do, because don't they own the ARCA series now? Yeah. Right? I, I think what ARCA needs to do, they need to invest back into ARCA and get more cars at these races because it, nobody wants to watch 20 race cars run a race, right? Nobody wants to see that. We want to see 35, 40 cars run a race. It's just like back in the day when, when I had an ARCA team. There was 57 cars at just about every race. Every NASCAR team had a development team along the way during those times. Do you remember that, Kurt? Yeah. And the cars are different. It used to be the cars were similar in the ARCA series than they are in the Cup series, but that's not the case now. So the development situation uh, from ARCA to Xfinity to Cup is not the same now because the cars are so much different in each of these series. Well, th- they they need to uh, they need to uh, get get the cars a little bit closer. But the trends in the truck series not good right now. They've got to get these young kids right uh, trained up better. So they're not causing so many yellow flags and making so many stupid moves out on the racetrack. They got to get that fixed and get the trends back to the positive in this truck series. That's the number one I thing think that NASCAR needs to do now. It comes from not having enough experience racing on pavement. These guys are coming from dirt, jumping in these trucks, and you can't race on pavement like you do on dirt. dirt right. It's yeah. just not the same thing, and you're just having a lot of crossover right now, and you see it. These guys are no just crash-fast, man. All right. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to Track Talk here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. For Todd Surprise, for Kirk Elliott, we'll be back in a moment. Stay tuned. Welcome back. It's Track Talk here on Sports Radio 810. Kirk and I have been doing this show for 24 years together, and uh, I can't thank him enough. He he puts up with a bunch of crap from me from time to time, but uh, I, I I love him like a brother. Just so you it's know. all good, brother. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, by the way, coming up here in just a little while, we've got Jamie Hager coming on live. He's going to be inducted into the Carb Hall of Fame a week from today. So yep. we'll talk to Jamie about his induction into the Hall of Fame here in just a little bit. Jamie took my first win away from me. Did you know that? You told me about that. Yeah. How'd that make well, you feel? Well, it, it did make me feel too good at the time, just so you know. But uh, you don't have any issues with that now. No, not, none. <laughs> uh, J- Jamie is one of the greatest guys yeah. that I've probably one of the great pavement racers of all time, to be honest with you. He won a lot of championships over the years, driving for um, uh, Huey over there at Day Automotive. And his dad is going to join his dad in the Hall of Fame. Jim Hager is a Hall of Famer, too. So look forward to talking to Jamie here in a little bit. Earlier this week, we spoke with Aaron Reitzel, who uh, just a few weeks ago came off with the biggest win in Australia called the Classic. 
that's like the Knoxville Nationals of Australia. Yeah, no doubt. Aaron Reitzel came up with a big win. He's since come back to the States, and he's back racing on this side now. He's had a couple of races down in Florida. And Monday on Mostly Motorsports, we spoke with Aaron Reitzel about everything that's gone on here over the last few weeks. And here is a portion of that interview we had with Aaron Reitzel. Joining us now on the show is Aaron Reitzel. I've known this guy back back in the day when his dad used to travel with him on the road. How about that, Aaron? <laughs> That's a time ago. That's a long time ago. Hey, listen, I, I, I'm just unbelievable the run that you had at uh, at uh, the Ronald Laney Memorial where you came from 20th to fifth place, man. That, that, that was a hell of a run, wasn't it? It was. It really was. And I mean, what's crazy is, you know, and you don't, you don't ever have feel, it's hard to get that much confidence, but our car was so good all week that even going into the A main, I felt like with the right brakes and whatnot, I, I really had a good shot to win. Um, and I still think we probably, you know, I don't know. Who knows what what would happen if we, you know, got to second and raced with Thames. You never know. But I definitely think we were still a car to win it if I, I just made one or two bad mistakes and then I got racing with one guy for way too long. And to win it from to win it from 20th, that was going to have to be a perfect race. And there was just a couple of things that didn't go our way. But, yeah, I mean – yeah, it was, it, all in all, though, it was it was a great run and it was a lot of fun and what a what a way to I mean I guess those that would be the last one I'll run but what an amazing three tracks that they had to end the King of the Three Sixties. Hey, Aaron, congratulations on the major win in Australia. This is uh, this is the big event in Australia, is it not? And you walk out of there with the big win how did that make you feel right after you pulled that off it's definitely the big event over there that that is there i've probably said it a hundred times but that is their knoxville nationals it is um there's a lot of prestige in that event it's it's a it's massive i mean there i don't think they can get any more fans there it's it's crazy the amount of people that go um you know last year was the first year i went and after going uh, i was I was like, man, that, that would be a cool one to win. And he had to go down there and win it. Um, it's, it's crazy because a lot, a lot went into it on, uh, you know, not just the seller side, but, you know, I think we were preparing to go down there probably in June or July between getting a car ready here. You know, they bought a brand new car from us. So we got a car ready here and then. You know, you got to take it over to Indy, take it, drop it off at Mark Cooper's, and uh, you know they put it on the container, and you know not just the car, but you know wings and tail tanks and front axles and everything else, and you know so you're preparing for that so far out. So yeah, a lot goes into it. Um, so it was really cool that all that hard work paid off, and yeah, like I said, just to win a race like that, it was uh, it was pretty special. I think I heard you say in one of the interviews down there that everything is just asked backwards. Everything's so different in setups and so forth. Why is that? 
I don't know. I don't know if it's because we're on the other side of the world or what. But now <laughs> they run they run a eighteen wide growth right rear, so they don't have the. Uh, it really it's what it's like what we we all ran over here actually before my time, but I would say like it's the tires that they had like the early two thousands and stuff. So it's just it, it's a real floppy right rear so you go over there and try to do what you know but it's it, it it's you, you just get your stuff too tight too quick i feel like and really you don't do it's weird because you don't do much over there you just just the it's the tire is such a good tire the cars are already really good and you just honestly i feel like over there the driver is more in the more involved than it is here it's actually i mean I hate to say, but I, I feel like the racing over there is even better, and that they're they got way different rules and stuff than we have. Where you know, where they're trying to go back to one inch wickers here, but over there they they have dish wings with two inch wickers on them. Yeah. So it's it's a different world over there. The way it races and just everything, just everything, just from showing up to the track and going through. You know, you have to go through tech every night. They call it scrutineering. And it's a different world, but it's it's a lot of fun. Yep. Say that word again, scrutineering. Scrutineering. I've never heard that. <laughs> Not me either. But you, yeah, so you gotta you gotta roll through tech every almost like NASCAR. You gotta roll through tech every night before the races. Wow, that that's that's just absolutely amazing. What about the actual track conditions? How does that differ from what you're used to here here in the states? Oh, um. You know, it, it's about the same to where you'll get the tracks that don't seem to go away, and then you'll get the ones that get really slick, and then they'll have to rework them through the middle of the night. Um, it, I would say it's about the same. You, um, the the first track I ran when we got there was really good. But, I mean, the cushion was built up on the wall, so like we were literally getting up on the wall, so that was a lot of fun. And then the last night, the classic, <laughs> you couldn't ask for any better. It was pretty much slick across it with just a little bit of moisture on the top and bottom. Yeah. Uh, Sheldon Hoddenshield, uh, I don't know what, did, did you see what happened to him? And James McFadden got caught up in it, too. What were you thinking when that occurred? I, I, th- I think he just, it, there was a little hole in uh, three and four, and you know, I showed him a nose a few times, and I think he was kind of just trying to figure out where I was running. And, uh, I think, you know, just driving real hard and he just kind of got up and got in that hole and got up in the fence. And luckily I, I seen him start to bounce up in the wall. So I started turning down immediately and well, I mean, it was everything I had to miss him. And, you know, I guess by the time I got turned down the hill, James, uh, was already just, it was too late for him. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, what, what is the plans for you this year, Aaron? Are, are, are you going to run any high-limit races? Are you going to run Knoxville? What's the plans this year? We're going to just do what we did years previous. We're going to, you know, if weather looks good for all these, the outlaws and high-limit shows that are coming up in, you know, the Oklahoma, Texas area, we'll go run them. Um, you know, there's a lot of Friday races where we can go hit an outlaw show or an, a power eye show. You know, that's been a that so far that's been a really good series. Yeah, their no four ten uh, portion, um, and they pay five thousand to win as well, don't they? Yeah, yeah, and it's great. I mean, hell, and then even even the ones we ran at the end of uh, end of November. I mean, they had a 
a five, a seven, and a twelve thousand to win at the end of November, and they were both a good racetrack, so that was awesome. Um, but no, we we just we just hit and miss. What we'll we'll hang when Knoxville starts. We'll primarily just run Knoxville, but we will go run Fridays at like I said, the Power Eye or the um, High Limit or Outlaws, and then when the when the year ends, we'll just we'll run around with Power Eye or Outlaws or. High limit, what, I mean, just wherever weather looks good, wherever money's at, just, yeah, we'll just, we'll, we'll pro, I mean, my end, my end goal is I'll be home every weekend, every weekday. So I'll be home every week. Um, and we'll still, I'll still run probably 67 or 80. There you have it. Aaron Reitzel joining us on the show. And a little bit later, we're going to have Brian Hobart and Chase Rodman on with us as well, talking about um, what's going on in the High Limit Series and what's going on with Brian Hobart as he is the new announcer for USAC. Can you believe that, Kirk? He's uh, worthy of that job. So congratulations to Brian for uh, getting that gig. That's That's a big move for Brian, so we're happy for him. He stays doing what he's doing at the Chili Bowl and Tulsa Shootout. That doesn't change. Right. Uh, because that's in late December, January. So that doesn't affect his duties there. And now he's the voice of the USAC. So I think that's pretty cool. Yep, no doubt about uh, it. Big weekend for the High Limit Series and the Lucas Hole Late Model Series. It's a combo weekend at Golden Isle Speedway near Brunswick, Georgia, they had the high-limit sprint car race on Thursday night, but the late models got rained out last, last night. night. Now, tonight, they're supposed to have both late models and, and sprint, sprint cars car. on the same card. And Thursday night, it was Tyler Courtney coming through with the wire-to-wire win. No yellow flags in that feature uh, event. Let, let, me, let me just say this, Kirk. There was at a point, at one point during that race, that I thought Justin Peck was going to win that race because he got in there next to him a couple times yeah. and challenged him for the lead, but then he faded, and then Brent Marks got by him and run second. Well, I think Sunshine responded, did he not? Right. You saw him coming up there, but that's the first time they said the first time that four ten-wing sprint cars have ever raced on that racetrack down there. That's late model country. Big late model track that they've never had sprint cars on that racetrack. And before. tonight it's going to be on flow, right? Yeah. Right. And so we'll see both the the uh, Lucas Hole late models and the sprint cars. So it's kind of a bummer that uh, last night got rained out. Uh, we did see a modified dirt modifieds open up the season down in Texas last night at Greenville, Texas. The USMTS modifieds and Jason Hughes working the high side to perfection. Uh, lost the lead there for a little bit, but came back. Uh, Carlos Amata Jr. led that race for quite a bit of that race, but Jason Hughes kept working that top side and made it work at the end and comes through with the feature victory, and they'll do it again down there. Had uh, almost 50 race cars right. at Greenville last night, so Kirk, watching can, the USMTS Modifieds open their season. Can you pronounce the guys that run second? Carlos Amata Jr. Yeah. And uh, Tyler Davis uh, had a good run as well. He and finished Jake in Tim third as well. place. Yeah, Jake Timms uh, 
made a nice run up through the field and ended up in fourth place. He ended up, he started 13th and ended up running fourth. Yeah. And uh, Rodney Sanders, he started 14th and he ended up running sixth. Yeah, he made a late move. Sanders really wasn't a factor in this race, but he just kept working it and working it. There was a lot of yellow flags in this race. And that might have hurt Sanders more than anything else. He needed long green flag runs, or he might have even made some more moves up through the field. Right. Uh, but the fact that there were so many yellow flags, that uh, kind of kept Sanders from getting a higher finish. Yep, no doubt about it. And for all the Terry Phillips fans, he started 24th, and he ended up running ninth, which was a good yeah. run for Terry. I thought Lucas Schott was going to get a pretty good run, but the, had some kind of a suspension uh, damage up on the right front of that car early in the race, and he ran I don't know how many laps with a broken tie rod or something that the right front was just back and forth. But in those modifieds, uh, your right front is not really on the ground all that much, but he yep. ran a ton of laps uh, with that broken right front. Uh, but I think he ended up fading back outside the top ten when it was all done. So yep. that was surprising that Lucas Schott was able to run as far as he did. But and, big night for Jason Hughes. And Terry McCarl, he picked up a USCS uh, win at Southern Raceway, didn't he? He did. 16 race cars down there last night. Not Is that all? Not a big car count. Big 16 cars, yeah. that's it? But uh, T-Mac. Coming up with the uh, feature victory last night. It was kind of bummer last Saturday, Scott. Everything got rained out. We didn't see any races last Saturday night. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, we knew, we knew that there was going to be 48 hours of straight rainfall for the Daytona uh, events at the at the big track. That uh, it affected all the local tracks around, too. So it was uh, really a bummer last weekend, Saturday and Sunday. We didn't see any racing at all. So. Nope. We didn't. We had to wait till Monday before we uh, saw the NASCAR races, and really we've only had a couple of races since then. We had the high limit race on Thursday night and last night's UFCMTS race. So what's going to happen tonight? Let's hope the rain doesn't affect uh, what's going on down in Georgia tonight because I'm looking forward to that uh, late model sprint car combo event. Kirk, that would be the, the worst thing that could happen is for the high limit race to get rained out and the late models to get rained out yeah. at the same yeah, time. Yeah, we need uh, so we need far. To get, we need to get some action in tonight. Yeah, we need to get uh, need to get that racing in tonight, and then we got the the trucks and the Xfinity race at Atlanta Motor Speedway and the Cup race tomorrow. So, uh, not a lot going on, but uh, you know, there it is. That's the schedule. Kirk, let let's talk a little bit about what's going on with um, ASCS real quick. We got a couple minutes to. Yeah, we Ter- Terry Maddox has returned ASCS to the Han family. Yeah, now what's going to happen from here on out, we don't know. Uh, but uh, it's uh, up in the air. They were supposed to open up the season next weekend, March 1st and 2nd. And right we, now, we don't know what's going to happen. Right. So we're just all, all, all we know is, is that the World Racing Group the world of outlaws is trying to purchase ASCS. And, and what do you think the, the reason would be for that, Kurt? Well, I can understand why the World Racing Group would want to try to fill a void. Uh, the All-Star Series uh, was a major series that 
uh, served as a feeder series for a lot of 410. Now, we're talking about 360 sprints with the ASCS. The Gum Out series was a 410 series. Yeah, but the All-Star series is, uh, with that not being here this year, creates a void in sprint car racing. So I can understand why the World Racing Group is exploring some options to try to build up a, a, a feeder, shall we say, a feeder series for sprint car racing. And the ASCS is a really big brand, Scott. It's a, The ASCS is a, is a big brand, so I can understand why they'd be interested. All right. So what, what I look for this series to do with ASCS, exactly what they, they, they it's going to be a feeder series, to the 410 series and they're going to they're going to try to make it to where they groom guys and teach them how to live on the road out on the but listen people don't realize how difficult it is to live out on the road traveling up and down the road i did it for 12 years or 13 years i should say but um anyway it it, it it's terribly difficult to manage yourself running up and down the road, and it takes a lot of funds as well. And this teaches teams how to adjust managing the road, taking care of the bills out on the road, taking care of the motors out on the road, taking care of the cars out on the road. It's just a, uh, it's it's just going to be a. This is a learning process for the. The development teams that are going to be in ASCS, I, I believe. Yeah, I think uh, I agree with that. It's uh, it's an important series, and uh, what it's built up over all the years that the ASCS has been around has been big for all of sprint car racing, not just 360, but all right. of sprint car racing, yeah. and we need that. And so whoever can come in and uh, keep that going, that's what the focus should be right now. And I know yeah. that's what Emmett Hahn is thinking that's what he wants to see happen with it, and uh, hopefully that it'll all end up in a great place when it's all said. I, I know that Brian Carter was meeting with Emmett Hahn down there in Tulsa here just a couple days yeah. ago. Well, so. we'll see how it all works out, and uh, we just hope for the best for the ASCS in the future uh, because we need that. Uh, hey, hey need listen, that Kirk, we are invested in ASCS, yeah. right? Absolutely. I mean, we did the broadcast for 13 years, right? And and so we feel like we're emotionally attached to ASCS, don't you think so? Yeah. So, yeah. I I don't know what what's going to happen, but uh, we just we just hope for the very best, and that we want to see the ASCS continue on in whatever fashion we want it, it to is. strive. Absolutely. Ex- absolutely. All right. We're going to take a break. When we come back, more of Track Talk. It's all brought to you by Rod In Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. We'll be back with more in a moment. Stay tuned. Welcome back. It's Track Talk here on Sports Radio 810 WHP. It's all brought to you by Rod In Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. And uh, joining us now is a Friend of the Racing Boys, he's been a longtime friend of mine, and um, Jamie Hager joins us right now. He's going to go into the Carb Hall of Fame next week. Jamie, how you doing, bud? Good, Scott. How are you doing? 
I, I'm doing pretty good. You know, I, I, I went back and I, I thought about it for a little bit, and I thought about the first race that I lost. And I lost it. Yeah. To, I lost it to you because I I broke a rocker arm when I was leading oh, the race. Oh, here we go. I, I I broke a rocker arm, and then you went around me and you beat me for the win. Do you remember that win? Uh, I do, Scott. But one more. You really you still upset with me about that? No, I'm not upset with you about that. No, I I okay. I, 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 I let me tell you something. There was nobody that did anything greater when when you drove for Huey. You were the you were the dominant guy in pavement racing at that time, weren't you? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You, yeah, you he done a lot for me. He he had more faith in me, my my dad. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. So what what's it feel like to get into the uh, Central Auto Racing Boosters Hall of Fame? I think it's great. I think it's been been well overdue. I mean, I've had people say I should be in there, be in there, and Tom Charles, uh, a friend of mine for a long time, he somehow got me in there and i owe it all to him man he's been him and the family's been good and they, they tom got me in he said, he said give me some stuff give me this give me that and then i had a call and said i was my karen darling said i was in yeah so what is the highlight of your career what's the thing you remember most oh man i'd have to say probably probably my first win when my dad was there my first when I believe it was at Lakeside and he, or Ice Lakes Riverside and he happened to be there and it just put a big smile on his face and it just got me rolling. Hey, you know, let's, let's talk about your dirt career because a lot of people don't remember you racing on dirt, but you were a hell of a dirt racer, weren't you? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. What was yes, your, was what was dirt. your biggest win out at Lakeside Speedway? Did you ever get a win out there? Yes, I sure did. Yes, I sure did. And the, uh, you, you know, you're going in, uh, you know, we think about Tim Carrick. He's already a Hall of Famer. Your, your mm-hmm. dad is a Hall of Famer. Huey is a Hall of Famer. I mean, these guys, uh, that you've been close to and now you're joining the club that they're in. So what, what are your thoughts about that? Oh, I think it's awesome. I think it's great, man. It's, it's going to be fun. It's going to be, uh, uh, Joe Kaziski even called. He's all excited for me. He's going to come in and, and be there for me and and uh, and his wife and it's going to be the guy got a big family a lot of them's coming so it's going to be big. Yep, no doubt. Uh, just uh, any final thoughts about uh, you know just the, what was your favorite racetrack to race on? Oh, I would have to say when I when I first probably Riverside when I started Riverside. What what year then, did you start racing at Riverside? God, I couldn't tell you. I'm thinking eighties, uh, late late eighties, I think. Yeah, no doubt. What made Riverside special? Riverside was the greatest place ever, wasn't it? Yes, it was. You could you could sit there, you could race close to home. You got paid cash like that, right? And and you could party like a rock star every night right there. Right, no doubt about it. And there was a there was a few parties down there in the pits. At Old Riverside, wasn't there? Well, there was, yeah, yeah, all nighters sometimes. Right, yeah, no doubt. Jamie, I can't, I can't thank you enough for being on the air uh, with us today. And listen, you're more deserving than just about anybody else 
that needs to be in the Central Auto Racing Boosters Hall of Fame. Just so you know, you are well, you are the you were the king of pavement racing back in the day. Yeah, it was it was fun. I appreciate it, and I was, you know, I still love going to Lakeside. I mean, we we finally won the championship after I don't know, it seemed like about forty years with with Carrick, but we finally did it, and that was that. I was more nervous that night of winning any championship to ever won. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. Jamie, thanks so much for taking the time to join us here on Track Talk. We appreciate it. It's all been brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. Thanks so much for joining us. Are you guys going to be there next week? Where? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We're going to be there. All right. All right. We'll see you next week. All right. Thanks, guys. Yep. Thanks, Jamie. Have, yep, going to be emceeing that again. It's at a new location this year. It's at the George Mayan Community Center, not far from Kansas City. And you're going to be the year. MC, right? Yeah, the doors open at 3, and the first uh, inductions will start at 4 o'clock. If you're interested in tickets, call Karen Darling, 660-228-0952. All right, thanks, everybody, for tuning in to Track Talk. It's all been brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints.